Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Uh, Harold, that is the best introduction to this sermon you could possibly imagine, and I'll tell you why. Um, I was <laughs> reminded uh, this week how good it is to ask questions, and um, also reminded how good uh, children are at asking questions. We've got three children, they're a bit older now, they're, oh, I can never remember, 15, 14, and 10 years old. Um, but certainly when they were little, they were brilliant at firing questions all the time, those of you who've got children or grandchildren will know questions about God, about life, about faith, about absolutely everything and anything. And I was trying to remember um, this weekend a question that my children had asked me, because you know you hear lots of them, and they're usually quite sort of entertaining and searching, and I couldn't remember one. And I was sat having, this is true, having lunch with my son yesterday, who's 14, and uh, he suddenly went really serious and he stopped and he looked at me and he said, Dad, how old were you when colour TV was invented? <laughs> um, I want to encourage you, church, to ask questions. To ask questions about God, about faith, about... Um, about I'm just chatting, I'll, come, I'll chat to you afterwards, Harold. <laughs> but keep asking questions. Um, there's 3,000 questions in the Bible. There's 300 questions that Jesus asks in the Gospels. And Psalm 27, and in fact all the Psalms, which are amazing words of God, are full of questions. So uh, we're going to pray and uh, then we're going to look at these words together. Heavenly Father, Thank you for your word. Thank you for these precious words that we have before us today of the Psalms. Come and speak to us. Help us to listen to what you want to say to us tonight. That we would be attentive to your voice. In the name of Jesus, amen. I do absolutely love the Psalms. Um, they are just so refreshing, aren't they? They're full of declarations of faith, they're full of questions, they're full of rejoicing and praising, but they're also full of words of sorrow and pain. And um, what we see here, if you do keep the, your Bible open in Psalm 27, we see at the beginning words of confidence and faith. Have a look at verses 1 to 3. So we hear David declaring, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And David was able to say these words, the, the Lord is my light and salvation, because he, he knew them to be true through his own life. He had lived and breathed and walked with God in situations that meant he knew this is true. These aren't just words, this is a declaration of David's experience of walking with God, of God with him. Going right back to his early years, think of David as a shepherd and he was a young boy and he was having to fend off lions and bears as he was a, 
a shepherd in the hills around Jerusalem. And then, of course, we read in the Old Testament that um, following that, he then came across Goliath, the giant. And as he was uh, facing this vast army and this mighty warrior, Goliath, he says these words, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel. The battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. That's a confident declaration of faith, isn't it? There's no question David is absolutely sure in that moment that God is with him and God will fight his battles. And I guess the question for you and me is when we face Goliath in our lives, whether it's an illness or a challenge or a difficulty, are we looking more with fear to our giant or are we looking with faith to our God? Do you find yourself looking more to the size of, of your challenge in your life or do you find yourself looking at the size of our God who is greater than any challenge that you will face? David saw the power, the majesty and the might of his God and it gave him confidence in times of trouble. And in fact, as we look through this psalm, have a look at it with me. David's faith was tested and grew when he was facing his enemies. He writes that in verse 2. He faced armies coming against him, verse 3. And he faces trouble that we read about in verse 5. And so actually his faith was being formed and grown during the difficult times in life. And that's true for you and me, certainly true for me. If I think about my life as a series of mountaintops and valleys, my faith has grown when I'm in the valleys, not at the top of the mountain. It's as we go through the challenges of life and God is with us that we grow in our trust and reliance upon him. But if the psalm starts with a declaration of faith in verses 1 to 3, it then turns to a cry for help. Have a look at verses 4 to 12. The middle of this psalm is a cry for help. David asks in verse 4, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek. And he's seeking God. We read in these verses, in verse 4, he's seeking to dwell in God's house. He wants to be with God in the temple, be kept safe in his dwelling, in God's shelter, verse 5, his sacred tent. And all of these places, the tent, the tabernacle, the house, represent God's presence. David knows that whatever comes his way, whatever life threw at him, the best and only place to be is in the presence of our living God. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere, Psalm 84. And so David wants to worship God. He was a worshipper. That's who he is, was. And he lifts his eyes to the beauty of God because he knows the more he looks to God, the less he will be overwhelmed by life around him. The antidote to worry for you and me is worship. It's to seek God and to praise God. I, I mean, in case you hadn't noticed, I love worshipping Jesus. I love it. Because there's something within us, isn't there? We're created to do this. 
We're not created to worry and fret and stress, but we are created to praise God and to worship and to seek him. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. David had reason to worry. In verse 7, we get this little window into what's going on. He's calling out for mercy. He's pleading with God, not for God to hide from him, not to reject him. And it reminds me of the disciples out on the lake. You know, when they were in that storm on Lake Galilee and the storm whips up and they're terrified. Jesus is asleep and they are terrified that they're going to drown and die. And so they call out to Jesus. And Jesus shows his power to calm the storm. And it reminds me that certainly in my life, when I'm facing a storm, and there's usually at least one a week, one of two things normally happens when we call out to God. Either God does as he did in Lake Galilee and he calms the storm around us. But actually often what happens is the storm around us doesn't change or calm. But what God does is he calms the storm within us. And this is what happens with David. His, his eyes are lifted to God. He sees who God is. He's reminded of God's goodness and faithfulness and power and might and majesty and glory. And as his eyes lift to the Lord, suddenly he knows a peace and a stillness within him that comes from being in the presence of our living God. David shows us what it means to admit our helplessness. You know, often as adults particularly, you know, we sort of slightly pretend we've got it all together. If we're honest, we're all in a mess. Is there anyone else who feels like their life is a bit of a mess at the moment? Yeah, there we go. Um, and, you know, that is the truth of who, who we are and our lives. And so David shows us what it means to be helpless, but also to seek God's help. God's saving power, that God would lead each one of us on a straight path. Verse 11, have a look at it. And that's what he does for David, and that's what he wants to do for you. This is a cry of the heart. It's an honest, dependent, faith-filled cry of the heart. And through it, David is reminded God's his helper, his saviour, his protector, his refuge, his source of strength. And that then leads to verse 13, where David is able to say, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But it involves waiting. And we're not very good at waiting, as adults particularly. Well, in fact, nor children. And David goes on, in case we hadn't got the point, and he says, verse 14, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart. And again, wait for the Lord. And I wonder whether some of us have got a bit tired of waiting, a bit bored of waiting. Maybe you've just given up on waiting on God. Maybe you're wondering whether God is even going to answer your prayers. 
David says, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God is working in your waiting. He's growing patience in us, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He's growing trust in us as we go through difficulties and look to him. And he's also prizing our hands off the controls of life because we're not in control anyway. It's a myth if we think we are. And saying, trust him. He's our creator and our redeemer and our saviour. And as Isaiah says, as we wait on God, our strength rises. That verse in Isaiah reads, those who hope on the Lord will renew their strength. But the Hebrew word for hope also means wait. And so as we wait on God, we find that we will soar on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not be faint. David is absolutely convinced. He has certainty that whatever the battles in his life, God is on his side. God will deliver him. And I want to say to you tonight, God is on your side. God is with you and God will deliver you. Whatever you are going through, however grim it may look, and I think as you guys said at the beginning of the service, whether you've had the best week of your life or the worst, God is with you. That does not change. He is unchanging. St. Paul writes to the letter to the Ephesians, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God and stand firm. Now we're going to respond together and uh, we're going to do it a bit like this. Uh, Rebecca shared at the beginning of the service about this sense of Jesus saying by the pool to the man who had been there for years, Jesus said to him, do you want to be healed? And I think in a similar way, the Lord wants to say to us tonight, do you want God's help? And I, for one, will say yes. And so I'm going to suggest we do a few things um, as a response. We, we did this a little bit this morning, but I, we've got a, a board at the front here and one at the back. And I'm, the, Tom and the band are going to come up in a minute and just sing over us, declare some worship over us. And I want you to take some time to remind yourselves of the truth of who God is. Just sit and you can read this psalm, you can go back to some words of truth that you know from scripture that remind you of who God is and what he has done for you and the truth of his strength and protection and presence with you in your life now. And as we sit and read, you might also want to pray, just ask God for help. You know, he knows your heart, just seek him. But you also might want to come and write down some of these scriptures on these boards. You know, it's a, a declaration of you getting out of your chair and saying, this is a truth for you, but it's a truth for everyone else here tonight. And as we do that in the context of worship and as we move around the church together, I actually think that question of God saying, do you want help? You know, 
some of you just need to get some prayer. And so there's going to be a team at the back by the prayer banner, and there's going to be some of us at the front here. And let's just use this time to root ourselves again in God's presence, God's truth, and get some prayer and write these truths of Scripture on the boards. And we do it all in the context of worship. Does that sound okay? So let me pray for us and then, yeah, just take your time to be before God. As he asks you this question, how can I help you in your life? And so, Lord, we humble ourselves before you tonight. We thank you that you're here, you're present with us, as you were present with David, as he stood in front of Goliath. And Lord, for each one of us, as we face battles and storms in our lives, thank you that you are with us. Thank you that even when the disciples were afraid because you were asleep, Lord, that you showed your power over the elements. Nothing is impossible for you. And so, Lord, as we turn to Scripture now and we read your word and we write these scriptures on the boards and as we seek prayer, we ask, Lord Jesus, come and move among us. The Spirit of the living God, lift our eyes to you. That we too, like David, would remain confident of this, that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living.